Hello and welcome to the Transfer Committee. I am Christopher Gallagher. I am the chair of the, the Transfer Committee, uh, chair, chair for the first part. And then we'll be handing over to uh, Comrade Wolf to uh, do run through a, a fantastic transfer game that we've got lined up. Uh, I'm going to introduce Christian. Christian Wolf. hello sir, how are you? Thank you, Jay Gallagher. I'm, I'm very well. Thank you. Uh, yes, I have devised a game to taunt and humiliate uh, Christopher Bout, mostly. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, to taunt him, you just have to ask him a question. Uh, that's yes. taunting. And he, uh, we're, we're, we're going in hard on Bowdy, but he's here um, and he's ready for action. Chris Bowd, hello. Easy sport, gentlemen. Easy sport. <laughs> it's pretty pathetic, frankly. How are you, Bowdy? Um, you okay? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Fucking getting ready for a pound in here. Nah, um, nah, you're, you're a good guy. Nah, nah, aye, aye. No, but no, no. I'm um, I'm wallowing a bit of my own misery as as um, as a standard. As a standard, it's a standard yep. Tuesday for Bowdy. Um, good to uh, good to hear from you, Chris. Uh, Ian Duggan, as always, here part of the transfer committee. Hello, sir. How are you? Good evening. I'm having a, I'm having a night of it, but I think it's the only way is up. As Yaz, Yaz said, or was it Yazu? Yaz. No, it was Yaz. It was Yaz. 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 That's like Jazz. 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 Yeah. The only way is up. Uh, yes, um, it's uh, the original transfer committee. Oh God, this takes me back to the early days of the Senate going full time. Um, that was the last time we were all together. Um, <laughs> but it's 2023. Um, Celtic have a a completely different setup now, of course, and then um, we're going to talk our way through it. Um, in regards to how we're going to line up today, we've got a, a rundown. We're going to be in two parts. We've got a rundown where we're going to have a certain talking points regarding uh, the current state of play um, and then as I say it will be time to play the game uh, the transfer committee game play the game uh, yeah, but, I am the game yeah uh, Triple H of course Paul Levesque uh, and hey, well, well. Yep, we, we could talk about um, could talk about the WWE uh, merger slash sale but you know we'll, we'll leave that for another time um, let's kind of start with the kind of talking points from just the news uh, you know summary We'll have a summary of the window so far. Uh, should highlight the fact that we are recording this on Tuesday, the 17th of January, 2023. There is an opportunity and a chance that things uh, on the kind of landscape of where Celtic are might change. Um, but we're recording it on Tuesday. You're listening to Sunday and beyond. So kind of take that into consideration. So as recording, nothing's really changed from what we're going to say at this point. Um the window itself, uh, we've brought in three players. We've brought in uh, Kuya Kobayashi, Yuki Kobayashi, Alistair Johnson, and uh, our good friend Awata, who I'm desperate to see play. Um, this The window so far, and uh, we can talk about the, the links, uh, and I'm sure we'll certainly get to the two big links, uh, the two players that look headed out at this point. Christian, summary of the window. What's your thoughts on it? How are we doing? What are we looking at? Talk me through it. Yeah, we, we talked a lot about it in the summer in terms of what at the end of the window we did the transfer committee, what we thought the summer was going to be like based on the last January transfer. Because it seemed so organized and very efficient and it yielded really good results for Celtic in terms of that January transfer window. And my touch of this later that we had the summer window and went, eh, well, what's what's really going on here? So it's interesting to see kind of a, a, almost so far, I think a, a replica of the last January transfer window in terms of like two really early signings from Japan, 
Okay, we don't know their impact yet, but they, they both seem to be on paper really good prospects for it. And then it's okay, maybe not a complete Matt O'Reilly signing, but at least you've gone out and got another player from another league and, and Alistair Johnston as well pretty early. So, so far, it seems a replica of what we did last January. And it's got a lot to do with the markets you're shopping in so far as well. So I think that's, you know, overall very positive. I think later in the pod, we kind of nailed down into the details in terms of what else is needed in the last two weeks and how that might affect, you know, the upcoming transfer windows. But for me, right at this point, I kind of feel that something's done. It seems like, you know, expedient, you know, smart business. For me, but looking at this, as you said, on you know, 17th of January, it seems to be more about who's going to go out. You think that's going to be the major stories. And it might be somebody in, but you also get a feeling that's very much dependent on who goes out and when they go out. Um, so I think for me, Christmas uh, has been a stressful window in two parts. You know, the incoming so far, and I think the next two weeks will be dominated by like the outgoings, essentially. Yeah, um, and we're going to talk about, you know, Celtic's kind of work in the recruitment process and such. But, Ian, uh, as a fan, um, you know, you'll be happy that we've got three players in nice and quickly, um, even before the window opened. But there has been some frustration. Um, it feels a little bit, and maybe this is just my personal thoughts, but it feels a little bit like in some aspects we're reverting back to Proange in regards to getting deals over the line. Is that harsh or what's your thoughts? Um, it's maybe harsh. Like I think I think when it works well, it works really quickly. Right? So, so we had the three deals and they were essentially all done before the window opened. Um, and you never know who to believe, but the... the there's a suggestion that Cho was kind of being worked in that same sort of timeline as well um, and then goes and scores a double at the World Cup and kind of everything goes up in the air. Um, so I don't know if that's, I don't know if the Cho thing has been about Celtic prevaricating or if there's a little bit of the club now going, oh, could we get more money? And then him kind of like, mm, well, do you know, I want to come to somewhere to get a step into the Champions League, actually, could I go directly into the Champions League? That type of club, um, it just kind of—I don't—I don't—I don't mean we've been like taken for mugs, but I'm not—I don't know how much more we could have done in that situation. It sounded like our bid was essentially accepted, and he's there's lots of very strange talk from his agent and things like that. So, yeah, it's—it's it's the sort of thing that I was, I was thinking about. You know, like some of the the people with it. It's always it's invariably in January where we get these long drawn out things, and then yeah. they just don't work. Um, it's a and sh- there's it, always. I mean, sorry, to jump in, but like January's always been for for most clubs, but for us specifically, uh, other than probably last year, it's always been a sort of oh fuck, what do we need to do window uh-huh. as opposed to a planned window, and it seems to be obviously the last two years has well certainly been a planned window with how it's worked um bouncy on the 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 cho situation when do you walk away um because you know we talked about a little bit this on the weekend update christian but um when do you walk away when do you decide look i don't care how long it's taken it's taken too long and we need to go to our next target i think it really depends on 
how good he is and how much you want him. Um, but absolutely, at this point, and obviously we're working off the assumption that Giacomacus is is probably off, um, then I think right now, you know, you're halfway through January. Um, you don't have too long to go. So I would just be working on whoever your next target is and hoping to bring bring him in. Um, and if Cho happens in between that, then great. But you know, we can't we can't wait for someday. If we're gonna, you know, if we lose Giacomacus, we've got Kyogo, and then wingers that we can slot into striking. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, in regards to that, like Christian, um, Ian made the point there that he thinks the Celtic have been working on Cho since before the World Cup. You think that's accurate? I think it'd be strange if they weren't working on a striker. Because I think it's been clear for a while that Jakubak is, 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 you know, half a foot out the door. And I think, he, you know, there was that kind of Ange Prince press conference when they talked about, you know, some fan favourite might be going. People saying, oh, who's that about? Is he Radovich and so on? But I think it's a big leap of faith to think that might have included Jakubak. So you'd think by that, you know, you would at that point really assume. Even even in a club that doesn't have a super duper transfer process, that okay, I'm a second choice striker. Actually, plays a lot, scores a lot of goals. He seems like he's going out. We need to start work on it. So I, I think all that makes sense. And I think you know the profile too in terms of his age, type of striker, the market is in the the value you can get him. All kind of lines up. I think I said a little bit as well. It would have been a really kind of comforting signing in from a sense of okay here's a guy one guy's leaving this is another guy he looks a bit better he's a bit younger you can probably get hopefully you can get more money for him down the road and gonna do it quickly and that would have been great to see so then you kind of go so yeah i think there was something in that but i guess what you said at the top gal in terms of uh it's celtic reverting to type and i think that for me is like the fear then is it's that what happening here? Are they saying, oh, let's get Gigi out before we get the other guy in because he's going to come to us anyway and just instead of just going, go and buy him. And if that makes, messes up the transfer price for Gigi, somewhat maybe, but it's better to have that in before you let the other guy go. So as I said before, the last two weeks of the window, yeah, it's probably a lot to do about Juranovic and Giacomac is going, but it seems then beholden that one of them needs to up Jacob Marcus needs to go before Drew comes in, which you know, ideally you would just if you want them, if you identify him decent price, just bring him in. So Yeah. Um that timing's really tough, Ian, um, in regards to kind of like making the timing right for both transfers to kind of take place. We seem to not necessarily be switched on to the level we want to be, maybe moving forward, we're certainly getting a little bit better. Although this window might kind of put that into question. How 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 would you like? What's the management level at that in regards to the timing? Is it about just making sure everyone's in communication all the time? I mean, the the thing is that you weren't <clears throat> far away. Like again, we 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 you end up speculating about what's going on, but but you could have been in a situation where they had all four signed at the start of the window and then said right we'll we'll, we'll play it from from here um and but, but yeah so i don't i i don't i, I would hope it's not one in one out because i think actually there's probably an argument that that 
a third, even if you kept Kyogo and Gigi and you had a, th- a third because you assumed that somebody was going to move on in the summer, um, then I don't, I don't think that's a bad position to be in. So, you know, there's no, the sort of, the, the, the cash flow and the, the, you know, there's, there's plenty of money at the club. There's no reason that they, they wouldn't, um, do that. I know people are like, oh, it's, it's cost Lawwell's back and like, you really hope it's not. If it, if it is, if your if your executive chairman is stepping in, um, you know, two two weeks after being appointed chairman and and deciding to run transfers again, then it's a really 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 dysfunctional place. So I mean, I mean, I hope that's not the case. I mean, that's the elephant in the room, right? Let's let's just kind of <laughs> let's just kind of bring that out for for a minute or two. Um, I mean. It, Bowdy, it, it can't be because Low, uh, Peter Lowell is now the um, executive. Is it executive chairman? Yeah, I, I, I kind of that might not be right. It might just be chairman. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna he's he's certainly that. the chairman. Uh, chairman on the on the board. He's taken taken over, of course. I mean, Bowdy, no like, well, we we love to we love to you know really bite down on Lowell in regards to you know the, the last season and and maybe not fully getting the best for Celtic and, and you know, people can argue that yep. to their blue in the face, all all that that's fine. But it can't be what's happened in this window, just with the, the Cho deal, it can't be because of Lowell. Can it? Can it? Uh, it absolutely could be down to Lowell, who's to say? I mean <laughs> looking at it from the outside, obviously Eric and it you know, this is a company with a revenue of a hundred million pounds some years. It's, should be well run. It should have um, protections in place to make sure that it is run well. But uh, the idea that, especially somebody that has worked under law, it's not like they've, you know, not like we've went to say Scottish rugby and brought in <laughs> somebody who's his own man, nothing to do with the club. Where you know we now have um, we've got Nichols in there. Uh, is he just ro- rolling over and letting? Lowell up his belly and tell him what to do. I don't think that's impossible. I'm happy. I'm happy. Happy to stir that pot. <laughs> Get that. Um, I mean, the biggest, the, the the biggest, genuinely the biggest issue I ever had with Lowell was that he just never maximised the potential of the football club. I think that's you know you, you can you can give him praise for a lot of things and you can be negative towards him in a lot of things, but this is a, a football club with even now still not fully seen its potential. Um, I'd like to think we're on a path to that, Christian. Um, and you know, I do bring up the I do bring up the Lawwell thing in jest. However, there is a fear, just an underlying fear, because they've brought him back for a reason. Yeah. You know that you know they, they, It's not like it's not like he's a non-executive <laughs> men, member. They've brought him back for a reason. You know what I mean? So, I'm, I'm relying on Martin Friel's corporate knowledge here, but I think he said that it's. Almost unprecedented that you have somebody who's essentially, you know, the CEO of an organization for almost twenty years, have a one year break, and then you bring him back as chairman. And I don't think, for me, there's almost is there any reason to bring in Peter Law as the chairman unless you wanted to have him in some sort of role that at least support the daily running of the club, and because. Chairman should maybe not unexpectedly be doing it anyway, but you'd think 
why bring somebody like him unless you wanted that? Because you can bring in if you know if it's just to hold everybody to account and be a standard chairman. You, you don't really need Peter Law unless it's. I mean, the other side of it, it could be a slightly jobs for the boys as well. Because it's probably a big element to that. But I, I can't really shake the feeling that he's you know this is no ordinary chairman. This is you know the MS kind of chairman. You know it's. I don't think you put, put Delore in that position without him kind of being a slight, you know, ghost in the corridors that kind of might weigh in because we know that Desmond is that kind of, you know, minority uh, shareholder. You know, he doesn't have any official role supporting the club on a day-to-day basis, but we know he can be very involved in the details of this. And I don't really see a scenario where Desmond's still there and, and Laurel is there in that capacity and he doesn't have some sort of influence something or at least support because essentially Nicholson was his right hand man, you know, his his prodigy. Um prodigy. Uh, prodigy. Basically, yeah. So it's I mean that's, that's what you're saying. Why bring him in if he's not gonna at least kind of support him there? So I think he is. Yeah. Yeah. Um Ian you had a wee face, you did a wee cringy face. I just <laughs> I just think it's lazy recruitment and a culture that's too comfortable. I, I genuinely, Christ, a, a, a chairman's salary, you don't, like, you're not paid to be there every day of the month. You're paid, like, five days a month type thing, right? And I know, like, we're talking exorbitant amounts of money, but um, there would be, if you genuinely wanted Peter Lowell to have a a, a role in the day-to-day run of the club, then there's, there's probably easier ways to do it than to bring him in as chairman. Um, yeah. like, like I think yeah. I, I just think we had to bring it up. I think we. I know. You know, pe- I people know. people will make their own minds up on on that. People will think it's ludicrous. Other people will think it's unludicrous. What's the opposite of ludicrous? Um, people will have their own opinions on it. I just thought it was important to bring it up if we're talking about Celtic's transfer strategy and, and how we're in, how in this window. Um, in regards to this window, um, what do you want to see happen before the window ends? Um, because as we mentioned, we've brought in three players. We've brought in a centre back. We brought in a defensive midfielder who can play centre back, and we've brought in a right back. Um, Chris Bowd, um, what do you think will happen the rest of the window before the window closes? I think probably what we all kind of expect will happen. We will lose two players. You can take a stab at which two players we will leave. Uh, we'll leave. Maybe a few other kind of um, players around the edges of the squad as well leaving. Um, and we'll, we'll bring in, if if GG does go, we'll bring in a striker to replace him, hopefully. And maybe maybe one little bonus surprise player. Oh, oh I like, I like yeah. that. Ian, do you agree with that? Any any differences from, from that point of view? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I do think there's... Um, there's a real, you know, we get on to where we talk about challenges we've had at um, um, recruiting at certain positions, and we've just we've just got this real bloat at defensive midfield, and I think there's probably four defensive midfielders that just need to go um, in terms of Robertson, McCarthy, Idiguchi, and I've got I've lost one, but there's somebody else that needs to go. Abogard, um, Abogard. <laughs> Abelgard, yeah, that's the that that loan getting like you know, so I kind of think there's a sort of tidying up of the squad that could happen, um, and then yeah, I'm with about like a, I think a striker, kind of either way, um, I I totally am into the idea that we we 
we will need to replace Joe Hart, but I think that'll be a summer thing. I don't think it'll be in January. I think. Do you, do you think? It, sorry to jump in, but do you think it'll be a summer thing? Because I'm not convinced. I I I I think it, I, I I. Do you know what? Like he had a really good game um, against Kilmarnock on Saturday. They made three really important saves, and I know, and I think that's the, the the absolutely correct argument with Hart is that outside of the intangibles that he brings, his, his shot stopping has kind of fallen off, um, and and actually he made three really good good saves. So um, I I do think in summer that that will be dealt with in terms in terms of Hart's age. Um, as well and you know I'm sure he'll be keen to kind of you know he's had a good swan song up here but um, yeah I, I hope that that's summer. I can't see that anything getting done with that this window I, I just think because we've brought in Sigrist that he's your replacement I, I think he's your replacement I, I really do and, and that, that's my big fucking worry um, Christian I don't, well, I don't know about that well you know I may, I maybe I'm just afraid of it, but I just think if Sigrist was your plan to replace Joe Hart, it would have been maybe the you league played him more this season. Yeah, okay. more games. Okay, maybe not. Maybe not the guy to replace Joe Hart. But I think when you bring in a guy as your number two, what you're saying is I'm happy with my number one because Sigrist. Yeah, absolutely, but Sig- I, I, well, I mean, I agree with you in just point like that. Yeah, we need um, we need a new keeper, but. Even even if you were thinking Joe Hart's maybe got another season, I think the summer surely the club would be looking at succession planning at the very least and bringing in someone to to be prepared. You Although so. we've got Barca sitting there ready to go, so <laughs> ready, and Scott Bain ready to run. Shout out to all the Bainiacs. Uh Christian, what do you think will happen? I think I, I only I think you're right. Gigi will go. I think it's kind of, it seems that way. I don't think there'll be any, like, I'd like it, Bowes bonus player, but I think that is dependent on Gigi going. And if you would come, we talked a little bit about this on the review this week as well, that see if, I think you should sell Gigi if it's lined up and you get the offer, but see if the strike you want is not ready. I think it's a calculated risk and you think you, you just you just wait. You wait to the summer. You put your faith in Kyogo, Mayeda slash Abada, because you know it's 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 only domestic football left. So I think I would rather see Celtic if they can get the striker they want if Gigi goes, great, but if they can't, don't just get someone you you're not hundred percent sure on just to get one in. This Nisbet hates disgusting question. That's a nice segue, Baldus. Well, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get to there in just a moment. I just want to ask about um, your kind of thoughts on on Jakimakis and Juranovic because the kind of the, the the chat on social media, but not just in social media. I'm sure everyone's been talking about it with their pals in the pubs and you know on the way to the game and stuff that, uh, about the kind of the gap between what we expect and what we were thinking we were going to get in regards to transfer fees. And again, at this point. No one's been sold, so you know it's all kind of rumor and, and and innuendo at this point. But the the kind of numbers that are being mooted are maybe for a lot of us kind of quite frustrating, if nothing else. Um, specifically, a lot of people would point at Gigi's goal scoring record, and they'd point at you know how he's performed last season. Ian Duggan, why something is rotten in the state of Denmark. 
to quote the great bard in his Shakespeare. seminal Shakespeare. work, Shakespeare, Shakespeare. Hamlet. Yeah. Aye, right. So, <clears throat> right, you can go, right, you can argue whether this is causality or correlation, but in that window where we sign Gigi and where we sign Juranovic, um, we have a new CEO who's come in. There's nobody in charge of transfers. It, it, it's fairly chaotic. Ange is coming in saying, right, well, I want, I want Kyogo. I want, I want these players. Um, Hart and McCarthy come in and it's all a bit all over the place. Um, I, <laughs> I would be shocked with, with the money that's being talked about. And I think, Jakimakis is one thing, but Juranovic is 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 different. Um, and I think off the back of his performances at the World Cup, even discounting taking off, well, it's the Scottish League, you've got to take a bit. I think we should be looking at least ten million. Reality, fifteen million is is I think a fair market price for him. The fact that every club that's getting linked with him is is around the sort of seven million euro mark says to me that there's a release clause. And I think it's probably sort of naivety stroke pragmatism on Mackay's part that, well, do you know what? This is a really good right back and maybe not understanding the ceiling of the player and, and sort of, you know, not quite dotting the I's and crossing the T's when it comes to it. And he's essentially left himself open to not, um, to getting the player in, which is, which you can't take away from him. We've had a really good 18 months. Um, but I, th- I think there's something there that, that, that there's, there's been no suggestion of even a double millions figure. Um, it's, it's 7 million euro and, and unlike <sighs> Gigi, it's not as if it's, you know, it's Chelsea, it's Man no. U that are being linked. It's yeah. not clubs that are going to struggle to afford. But why, but why, wait, what, what I would argue, or what I'd just bring up as a point would be, well, why aren't other clubs, like the market ultimately will drive it, I guess. If people want to buy Juranovic, they'll pay what they have to pay for him. But it's, you know, if there's a clause in his contract that says he goes for, 7 million plus, right? And we bought them for 2.7 million. You're almost, what, doubling and a half? You're, well, what so, got, that, so, so that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not saying that, that it's necessarily bad business. It's naive business. It's not understanding the potential ceiling of that player. It's not understanding... It's, or it's the art of the deal. Do you know what I mean? You're bending over backwards because you've got because you've got such a steal, right? And as you say, if you've basically trebled your money, so if you've gone two and a half million up to seven and a half million, and you're like, right, well, actually, that's plenty. But there's nothing that market forces. You would think that like the, the, there's there is a real right back merry go round that that could still kick off in this window. I suspect it'll be summer. Um, they were talking about like Madrid are looking at St- Frimpong still there. Like, do you know what I mean? There's a lot of right backs that are moving around, yeah. poised to move, and Juranovic is maybe in that second tier. But I just, I just, there's something it doesn't feel right at all. Yeah. Bowie, welcome in. No, no, I just I agree with, with Ian. I think that amount does make you think: is there is there a, is there a contractual clause? Because it, you can talk all all you want about his age, but he's a 
incredible. I mean, incredible like, right it, back it, who could Mark, play left Vinicius, back. Who, yeah. yeah, Mark took Vinicius Junior out of out of the game in in that quarterfinal. You know, like that's. But let me that, let, let that me. That was an eye catching performance. Let me let me give you another scenario. Right, um, the World Cup doesn't happen, and he still wants to leave. Would we all be kind of <clears throat> excuse me? Would we be scrambling for the fifteen million, or would seven and a half million look maybe fair? Has the World Cup skewed their expectations? And by, I'm just, I don't, I'm, I'm I just don't asking. I think, that. I think us as fans having obviously having a better idea of Juranovic's is level than um than them people that aren't us. Uh, I think we all still would have been thinking 15 million, maybe a little less would be good. If someone was saying 7 or 8 million, you'd probably think that's in the lower end of what we could hope to get. But it's Scottish football and he's a wee bit old. But the World Cup, definitely everyone's just thinking, well, obviously that's going to give him a bump to his value. He's played for the third best team. He's had man of the match performances. Why wouldn't that? Yeah, you no, know, no, of, lift, of lift course. His, hey, look, I mean, the, profile the, and value. Yeah, exactly. That's what. That's the function of of those kind of tournaments from a club like us. If we've got someone on show, we want to ask for more money. Christian, let's get your take on it. Can you move your mic down just a little bit? Just move it down so you speak in. I haven't even spoken yet. Yeah, I just yeah. If you could do that, would be great. On I you just, go. Okay. Um, I think we went over this. We went quite a detail in the review as well. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I think I don't think overall eight million is a bad bit of money for what is, you know, a twenty eight year old right back. And I I don't think the World Cup is insignificant in that. But well, I also think well, how how do you think that price figures for a twenty eight year old right back that Chelsea football club signed? Or that Manchester United sign, but they don't seem like they are about. Like if if they if Chelsea and Manchester United were going head to heads for Yusuf Rihanna, which you probably get more than eight million. But if if I mean if if there was a release clause, I think and one of those clubs wanted him, I think they would have got him already. And I think I, I do find it strange if there was a release clause if it hadn't been in the papers yet. And that could be something that comes up if he is sold. I just, for me, eight million isn't a sum that would say, no, something has to be fishy here. I, I think there's a realization that that is, can you get more money for your animage in the right circumstances? Yeah, of course you could. But he is, he is what he is. He's a 20 year old right back who plays in the Scottish League. What's and he's had, Sorry, and he's I... had a champ, he's had a Champions League campaign that a lot of Celtic fans were not happy with as well. So um but I, again if if you can triple quadruple your money on a on a right back like that, I don't think it's a bad deal. But I don't think there's anything in this that would say oh that there has to be something it there could well be a release clause I'm not but it doesn't make me think something is com- Completely rotten in the state of Denmark, as, as Ian alluded to, because of this. I think it might just be what the market thinks he's is worth at the moment, and it could be something in the summer that triggers. Okay, Frimpong goes, that goes. Okay, we need to get somebody in. He, he could go for more money in the summer if the circumstances are right. But right now, eight million, you know, it's it's not. I don't think it's a terrible deal. I know. Um, I do, 
but that's because I I want as much money as we can get. I also, um, I, 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 just for me, just the same point I made earlier. <laughs> just going to repeat. The just going to repeat the point. But I get, we talk about talking about he's twenty eight. You know, he's a right back. See if he he's is, and this is, he's he's in his bloody prime for a start. But the other thing is, when I'm talking about these clubs, Chelsea's manus, these theoretical situations. But the clubs he's been linked with are even in England, in the Premiership, or in La Liga. If Not recently. Well, like in the window. About yeah, what? what about window. where have you been? <laughs> But if he can play in a top five league and he's been brought in, then he's worth the money. It, you, can, it's worth, you can talk it, about he plays in Scotland all you want. It's worth what somebody will pay for him. And yeah. right now, it's gone very silent on anything else than, you know, you know, in the club in Italy and, and that's some, and that's on the back of a really impressive World Cup. So if he had that close and people were really desperate for him. I think it would have been signed already. I think there's more chance JJ stays than Gigi at this yeah. point. Um, well, I, I, and I have to yeah, say, I, well, I was, I was kind of, I was getting a like, it was dreadful performance at Ibrox and things like that. And you're like, oh my God, is he just, I thought he was brilliant on, um, in the, in the League Cup semi. I think it was absolutely, you're like, if you can keep doing that and you can kind of bring Johnson up and give Johnson a little bit of time out the limelight to learn the system and move him on in summer, like for more money to a better club. I mean, Monza, I mean, beyond. He, he, he's, sorry, sorry to jump in. Um, Go for it. Here's the thing. He's our player. And, and also we've got him for three and a half, four seasons. That's, that is the thing, both of them. And I think this is where the, the, the like, so you can park the Mackay stuff for a second. I think this does as bouts it. This comes back to Ange's press conference. If players don't want to be here, he's moving them on. Nobody's bigger than a Celtic jersey. Nobody's bigger than his team. Nobody's bigger than Ange Postacoglu. It's the Alex Ferguson. No, you're, you're off. You're, 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 you're done. That's it. And, you know, and, and that is probably to the detriment of us but economically. I mean, but I mean the, that, the, that might be the right thing to do for the squad. The, the fact of the matter is, and we'll move on to Gigi and his valuation in, in just a moment, but with Juranovic, what I would say, you know, from my point of view, you know, I, I love him. I think he's, I think he's one of the best right backs we've had in, you know, in a long time. Um, I also think that if we don't get the valuation that we see fit, and if the value, let's say the valuation is eight million pound, let's say Celtic have said, look, you know, in regards to maximising what we can with this player, eight million quid is the trigger cut for pavement song, by the way, trigger, trigger cut for the, the the fact that we let them do personal terms, right? But see if we don't get that, we just go, listen, Juranovic, sorry, mate, no one's came in for you. You've got another six months here on the training pitch. You go, and and do you know, I think Juranovic, I think he's a professional. I think, I, think, yeah. I think he would get down, you know, get down to business, and he would say, "Well, do you know what? Six months, probably another, uh, yeah, exactly. You know, another kind of potential couple of cup finals. I think he'll be fine. I don't think that's the case with Georgius Jakimakis, no. and I think no. that's where it kind of falls down. Um, Valuation wise, um, Christian, I know you're not a fan of him in regards to uh, anything. That's a, that's a lie. He's told you that. 
Uh, I've got personal WhatsApps that you send me <laughs> on, a, on a regular basis. No, we know, we know, you know, we know all the stuff about not being part of the, you know, not being able to fit in the Angus system. That's clearly why he's not starting. That's why Kyogo starts. It's kind of a, as clear as day now why he's not starting, but also why he wants to leave. In regards to the valuation factor, can you me, me even can even you see why people are looking at him thinking we should be getting more money? I, yes, but I don't agree with him. That makes sense. I, I think you, you can get more money, but I, I think there's also an, an emotional attachment to Gigi. I think because of the type of player he is, because he scored a lot of goals, and and I think that's I think that's absolutely understandable because he. He is, you know, he's a character. He's, he's got some big goals. He's, he's got a certain swagger about him. You, you I, absolutely play is a fan favorite. I think because you have that attachment to him, as, as see what he brings to Celtic and the way you can, a lot of people connect to him, you go, oh, I don't want, you just can't leave him. He should be worth a lot, a lot of money. But I think if you, you look at it very cold heartedly and without any emotion, which I, you know, it's kind of my brand. It's, I, I think you can kind of see why is what the offers are coming where they are because he did go for two and a half million when he was the top scorer in the air division when he was 18 months younger. And I think he's for him to raise his value after that to be the joint top scorer in Scotland, to have got into the Greek national team a bit more, you know, he scored in the Champions League and all that. I think kind of adds to him now being being sold for a bit more money. But I, I just, again, I don't think it's realistic to think you're going to get anything like up to 10 million for, for a striker like that just now. Again, his age, his profile and so on. Could you get five, six million? Yeah, you probably could I, squeeze that out of the I, right I, club. But I just don't think, I, I don't think, I think there's a big gap there what you, you realistically could hope for as a best offer. Which I think is probably more around five, six, seven, rather than a lot of people. Yeah, like maybe I, 10. I don't. I don't disagree with you, Christian. I think. I think. I think if you double your money on him at five or six million, then I think that's realistic. Yeah. The fact that they're talking about having accepted three million is like, well, what was the, what was the fucking point? Right. The point was he scored in every second game. Right. So that 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 is is something good for us, but. Um, I yeah, think it comes like, back to what you said, Ian. Like, I think his aunt, she's kind of going, see if he yeah. wants to go. You go. And yeah. I think that's okay. maybe a message that permeates through that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I think that's it. Uh, Bode, what's your kind of take on uh, George's Jackamacus and the fact he could potentially leave in this window? I, um, I think, well, I think it's very much if the player wants to go, Angel will let him. I like him. He scores goals and I would be delighted. Take you know, forgetting the human factor, whether or not he'll play, you know, I can't answer that. But um, you know, assuming all things are equal, he gives us what he's given, he's been given us. I'd be delighted to to have him as our, our second striker up to the summer. I do think he's a little undervalued. I kind of agree with Christian, though. I don't think that ceiling is as as high as Juranovic, obviously. And I think part of that as well, um, or an element to that is, see if Celtic aren't. And this is just going off what we're hearing the, the papers. But if he's asking for twenty five grand or so, and Celtic don't think he's worth that, and we're not giving him it, then I don't think we can complain too much when we don't get silly money for him. 
It's a good point. It's it's a good point. And also the other thing I would say is I think all of us, I think we, because we're so exposed to English football and we're so exposed to that market and we're so exposed to sometimes really, really average players going for so much money, I think it does kind of affect what our valuation is of maybe some of our players because we have been rinsed in the past. There's no question about it. We've maybe not got the value of genuine assets that we should have got more money from. This is a little different from from what I think. You know, Jack Amakis is a goal scorer and he'll score goals. He scored goals in Holland. He scored goals in Scotland. Does that transfer to one of the top five leagues? If it, it's, not, it's not necessarily, you know, locked on. The other element, or the other aspect of that, I suppose I would say, is it's very, it's not easy, but lots of players will have one season where their top scorer, whether it's Eredivisie or Scotland or Portugal or somewhere like that. And yeah, you know, if they're a young up-and-coming player, yeah, obviously that increases their value, but that might be one season. And it's really about, oh, you've been you've been doing it for two seasons in that league, right? Well, we know there's a certain pedigree there. And Gigi has done the top scorer in Eredivisie. He's then came to Scotland, an OK league, and been top scorer there. So I think there's consistency over those last few seasons, even though he's been a bit shy this season. But but I I think that does give him a little bit more, even though we we only paid two and a half million from uh, the Eredivisie. But he said those couple of seasons I can... I just, I just think personally, I think that's a good point, Bob. But I also think people might look before the season in the Eredivisie and say, "What was he doing then? Is this just, you know?" And you have to look at the whole picture. You also have to look at someone like I'll pull someone a name out of out of the hat, Gary Hooper, who was an absolute superstar up here, who scored in the Champions League, who scored against Rangers consistently. Gary Hooper. The reason those comparisons don't work is that there is 10 to 1 the number of players that failed in Scottish Premiership and succeeded in the Championship I'm not, as opposed to going the other way. What what I'm saying is Gary Hooper is someone who was a far better player than Georges Giacomakis and was a far better goal scorer. And he's a guy, again, who we didn't necessarily get what we thought we would have got for him. And, you know, no matter what Gary Hooper did afterwards, that's fine. But I remember being outraged. At, I think we got £5 million for him. £5 million, that's what I was yeah, going to say. And, you know, we doubled our money on him. But I, I think we were all still outraged because this guy had scored goals in the Champions League. He, he scored goals home and away in the Champions League. He was one of the best sort of strikers that we, we'd had in the contemporary. One of the best strikers we've had in the contemporary times mm-hmm. but there's something i think and this is just me with the exception of supreme talent like your dembele's and like your edwards who are the two guys that you look at and you say actually they're potentially the best since larson so you take those two guys out of it and you look at goal scorers for celtic and where they go after celtic and it's not necessarily a great record is my point and, you know, that's why sometimes I think the best assets we have when we're selling them are, you know, different areas of the pitch. Um, so, yeah, I just thought I'd throw that out. Uh, Christian, you any kind of other points to make on uh, George's Jacket Jamakis? It's just what you said about, you know, obviously being so clued up to England and so close to it. And I think 
there is another factor in there maybe I thought about is that there's not actually that much money thrown around outside of England. I think you have to check there and like in the Bundesliga so far in this window, total spent 10 million euros. Yeah. In La Liga so far, about 18 million euros. And okay, there's a couple of weeks left and some of the big ones might make a minute, but outside the big not, clubs uh... outside in England, it's like, you know, there's not actually that much money going around. So in that sense, like five to 10 million, it's not, it's not pocket change anymore for a lot of clubs. So I think, especially I'm, not in the winter. Sorry. I'm pretty sure it was either the summer window or last January where the premiership outspent like the next five leagues combined. I mean, it, you're absolutely right. Like, it's just, it's in there, English clubs are throwing about insane money and everybody else is like, oh, God, like you know, the French have barely got a TV deal at the minute. Like, you know, it's like, it's, it's. But there's also, there's also a reason why. Top Serie A clubs, and I'm not saying top as in the top five, but good clubs in, in Serie A and Italy are shopping in the Scottish market. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's why, you know, Josh Doig and Lewis Ferguson and Adam Hickey. Portis has been linked. Portis going to Udinese. <laughs> like, the money in football outside of England is, as, as Christian and Ian have both mentioned, it's not what it once was and oh but we're just we've got sky sports in our eyes we're seeing clubs in the championship spending ridiculous money and we therefore think you know why aren't we getting bang for our buck and i think it's a good point outside of outside england you know it's a it's a drop-off um talking about drop-offs kevin nisbet no that's shady i like kevin as i think he's a good player look hey i think he's a good player but um Kevin Nisbet has been linked with Celtic. Um, as we're recording this, again, it's kind of been denied. that There was talk that Celtic had made kind of, you know, contact with Hibs, even if it was just a kind of uh, inquiry or whatever, but that's kind of been denied. But Kevin Nisbet is someone who uh, I think he's a very... Personally, I'll just give you my point of view first. Um, I like him a lot. Uh, I remember talking to Aaron Connolly about him um, when we did a, a scouting report on him and we were both kind of waxing lyrical about him. We weren't saying he should sign for Celtic. And I think you can like Scott players in Scottish football. You can, you can, there's no, I've seen a lot of stuff on social media where people, instead of just being like, he's a good player, I just don't think he's good enough at our level. You either really like him and praise him to the hill, or you have to disparage him and just say he's not good enough. And in the middle's fine. The fact is, I think he's a, I think he's a good player. I think he's a good goal scorer. I think he's got a lot more about him outside the box than Gigi. I'm not saying he's a better player than Gigi by any stretch of the imagination, but he's also got, you know, coming back from a really pretty horrendous injury. Um, Kevin Nisbet, Chris Bowd, it, it's probably not going to happen. But what's your thoughts on it overall? Very much agree with most of what you're saying there. I think he is, he's a decent player, but. He's 26 in March. He's just had a knee injury where he's had surgery. Um, does, to be fair, was it kind of November, December he came back and he's been scoring for fun since he came back. But I think you want to, you know, you probably want to get a better idea of how he's recovering from that injury before you spend money. And I'm sure, I don't know if it's in our WhatsApp, but we've definitely talked about the fact there will be the, the Celtic premium popped on top of that for buying a hips player. So you've then got to question, you know, how much of I mean a twenty six year old Christian, you're gonna be spending any money on that? Fuck's sake. Talking about, talk about unless they can't legally drive yet. You know, I'm not I'm not interested. So. Um I mean the 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 thing about uh, Nesbit is that 
we we just I think that's a good point, but you just don't necessarily know how his knee's going to hold up in two or three years. The money that Hibs will want for him will be kind of a premium. Also, back to the, the there is also this worry I think that some of us have that some of the Celtic support have that with players going from Scotland to Serie A and doing really really well really really quickly, it is the idea of oh we need to make sure. No one gets out from our grasp and, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. But we should also be doing that. We should be buying the best players in Scotland. So that's... I, I mean, mean, English teams are buying them when they're 16. So yeah. we don't have a... We honestly don't have any good players. That's another thing you could say about Nisbet. If if he was an elite player, and I'm not saying that all players have to have the same pathway, but, you know, it's just, you know... He's probably still here because of his injury, I guess. I don't want to go... Well, the little guy called Andrew Robertson. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the reality with, with Nisbet and and <clears throat> trying to replace Gigi, like, we, like, you know, we are starting to look through the lens of being the Champions League club. And to me, Kevin Nisbet, while a very good player, doesn't improve our chances of... Um, finishing third or qualifying out of a Champions League group. And that's where you got to look. And you can argue that Cho probably does do that because he's got more about his game than Gigi. Like, so the drop-off from Cho to Nisbet is like, Nisbet probably does a job for us domestically, but <laughs> lots of people could do a job for it. Well, they couldn't. Daryl Murphy couldn't do it. Hey, buddy, they couldn't come up here. Couldn't have... Couldn't, Shat it, shat <laughs> it, and then scores forty goals in the championship next season. Yeah, but insane. yeah, yeah. Um, Christian, your thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I don't. Daryl Murphy did shite it absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. I, I think it's that case of you said, girl. People think it's, it's black and white. It's, it's a terrible player. Or it's, it's you know, it's, it's he always good enough. He's you know, he plays in Scotland. <laughs> I think it's just a case of. Well, it's main two things. It probably will cost Celtic two and a half, three million. And I think if you I think want it'll be more. I think you'd double that. I think <laughs> I think I think it'd cost it'd cost us more than what we're gonna get for Gigi, I think, just with the Hibs premium. Yeah. So it comes down to, to the deal for me. If if you have that money available, you know you can go to another market and get a player that can actually improve you because you've yeah. done it already in January, like Rio Tati and Dice Maeda, for example. So it's simply a case of I think that's one thing, if you have four or five million lying around you don't go and spend it on Kevin and that's not to say if he comes to Celtic I I showed you the guys a message I had to chat to Aaron today about him because he did an analysis and he said said, well he's he's a fair choice striker that will get you 10 goals a season, you know, on the minutes he has so he's he's going to essentially build a squad around him and that's what we talked about in terms of in Gigi, you have a striker that even everything he's done probably come to a point where as maybe many fans maybe think he was going to challenge for Kyogo first, but I don't think Ange sees that. So even when I mean, he's got specific qualities, but I just think if you go and buy a striker, especially for that kind of money, he has to push Kyogo from day one. Yeah. And he has to have a potential to improve the team from day one. And there's no way Kevin Nesper is going to do that. And that's not to say he's a bad player or he wouldn't get 10 goals a season if he did play. It's just, 
it's just the wrong deal for Celtic at this point, I think. And had he been, sorry about it, but had he been younger and you go, he, can he come in as a third choice striker at that point and be 2021, then maybe develop? Yeah, maybe he could, but as you say, I just think it, that's the wrong deal for Celtic at, at this point in what you want to achieve. Yeah, I think the thing with him, what I always think is if your main striker gets injured and the other guy has to step up and be your premium number nine striker for an extended period of period of time, can that guy do it? I think Georges Giacomakis has got a lot of flaws in his game, but he did it last season. He, you know, he, he did it. Um, he scored a lot of goals. Could Kevin Nisbet do it? I, I'm not. I'm not sure. That's not to say that he wouldn't, you know, give his all, and he wouldn't, you know, give a certain level of quality. I'm just not sure he's good enough to be. If Rangers had Kevin Nisbet as their number nine, I would say, well, that's fine. That would Kevin Nisbet being Rangers number nine. If if, if Rangers buy him in the summer and they have to count on him as as their number nine, I would be. I would be like, well, that's fine. I wouldn't be worried, and I think. Maybe that's maybe that's a way of looking at it. Yeah. How, how would you feel if if they bought them? And I wouldn't be too bothered by it. Um, Christmas, Christian, Christmas. I was going to call you Christmas, Christmas, yes. um, Lloyd Christmas uh, from uh, the great film Dumb and Dumber. Um, just to finish off this section, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give it over to you for the, the recruitment process, um, and you can talk us through your kind of thoughts on that because there's a lovely table here. Yeah, as a, I, I think this is. Like a question we should put on every transfer committee now. I used to have a, like a, a kind of like a science teacher, and every single test we had, he put e e equals m c squared, and we had to say what it meant every single test. So you knew the answer, but he wanted to put it on just to keep it fresh in the minds. And I think this is for me is like you know I used another science you know analogy in terms of Schrodinger's recruitment process. Is Celtic's recruitment process working or not? both in terms of identifying the players and, and the deal-making. And essentially what I've kind of put is, I, I, I keep talking this, but I don't know how good the recruitment process is now. And I don't know how good it is without essentially killing the cat and, or, and I'm just leaving. Because outside of the J-League, what can we take from the transfers so far? Because there's good and bad things there, but you can kind of, with the sunny side up, you can make a case of, oh, oh this, these signings means that recruitment process is working. It's a bit different. But other sides, if, you put, if you're a bit pessimistic about it, you go, well, this is just the same old story. So I generally don't know how good this recruitment process is at the moment if you took away Ange and the J-League connection. And I, I don't say that as a as a hidden message that, oh, it's, well, it's bad, isn't it? Because... I don't know. I find it so hard to tell. So it's more for me to kind of put that question out there and say, from what we know of the recruitment so far, the players that have come in, when, for how much, will this recruitment process stand up once Ange leaves? So <clears throat> I kind of did a bit, like really rough hits and misses and and I, I still had Bernabe as a he was a real question mark like I really do I'm really on the fence about whether he's going to do it but I I, I think like it's been two thirds good and I think that that is a big massive step up. Who have you got? Sorry, been. I'm going to jump in. Ian. Who have you got as misses? I I did it on the other thing. So the misses were Uruguidi. Liam Shaw, uh, James McCarthy, 
Eddie Gucci, um, Bernabe was on the fence with Jens was a miss, Haxabanovich was a miss. What? No, what? no, 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 Abogard. Sorry, I, I was looking at the next one. Abogard, <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ, he's he a gets, he he's gets, a hit. man, he's a massive hit. <laughs> um, Abogard, um, and and then you know, there's a couple that you're on the fence with. Um, I mean, it's not, it's not a bad. <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad return. What I would, I would argue that Uruguay and Shaw has nothing to do with Ange Postecoglou. Yeah, even McCarthy. I'd argue those three kind of players yeah, have got nothing to do with their recruitment process. Here's a, here's a spanner in the work to your point, Christian. Oh, oh Jesus! Somebody at the club recruited Ange Postecoglou <laughs> from the J League. Like, so is it possible that someone at the club is recruiting players guy. from the J League, and it's not Ange? Just putting it out there. Yeah, that well, is a theory, Belt. That's that's what I'll say about that. That's that's a theory. You are a human being, Belt. That is confirmed. <laughs> wow. But, but I'll tell you, so, so aside from the hits, hits and misses, I, I wrote down that now whether this is an actual Mike Tyson quote or, or it's an apocryphal quote that everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the face, right? By Mike Tyson or whoever. Um, and I do think like Abelgard's a really good example of. The stats, the eye test, everything said that guy was a he was a Mercedes. This guy's going to be perfect. This is poor Kieran Devlin. We had to every every week we had to hear how what percentage of Champions League games were left that he couldn't play in, and it just the guy couldn't couldn't step up, couldn't work in the system, didn't train hard, whatever it was. And I do think that you can have the best process in the world. And sometimes things aren't going to work out, but I do think a two-third hit rate is pretty decent. But well, that it could be it that, could be quite uncentric. Well, well, that that's he's our director of football. That's the that is the the point though in regards to recruitment processes. You're not going to get a hundred percent success rate. What? No. Let me. Okay, I'll ask you, Christian. What success rate are you looking for? If Celtic buy ten players, how many of them do you think should be? Of quality in the first team. I'm, I'm going to completely sidestep that because that's a difficult question. And what, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll give, I, what I'll say is what I want what, by a mean by a process is that the outcome, even if you're saying that even after a really good process, the outcome might be bad. But what I mean by having a really good process is that you put everything into that process, so you increases the probability of the signing being a success, and you do pretty much every time your due diligence because that signing a player is the probably the biggest, most important investment this organization can do. So at least if you have a process that kind of try to tick all the boxes and you increase the probability of that working, that's as much as you hope for. And over and from that gallop, you would say, if you do that, right, you will have more hits and misses. And so, and it's, and I think overall for me, I, I suspect it is better now. And I, I think would be surprised if it wasn't even if it took away Ange, because you got someone like Mark Lowell, even with his last name. He's he's got an experience of doing this. And he, the noises you hear is that you know they, they brought in guys who look at the data, they brought in guys like Lowell who can put it into a system, they have good analysts there. So I think the player identification model side of that is better. I think it will be better after Ange leaves as well. I think my fear is more. If Ange is not there as a 
quite a level-headed guy. He knows he knows how he wants to play. He knows the type of player he wants. And if he gets a player he doesn't like, he doesn't play him, as you've seen. My worry is that that kind of the head of it or the deal-making of it or you start relying a bit of agents and you kind of ignore the work that maybe Aloyal and the other guys are putting into identifying the players. Is that going to be ignored with some outside, I was going to say outside influences, but guys like Lowell and Desmond and agent contacts putting their name in and you kind of, and the new manager comes in and it's like, okay, that's okay then. So I think the club is, will be better at identifying good players that fit. Uh, I just thought after Ange, if they're going to actually follow up with that and, and listen to them as much as that, you know, we hope they will do. I think you can, like, you can see situations where, like, you're getting this, this kind of dissonance like Paul, Graham Potter is this classic example where you've got Todd Bowley who's just a nutter with a checkbook and you know just hijacking the Mudrick deal as Potter is sort of saying eh, we, we need a clear house there's some bad eggs here I've got too many players I, you, this must be costing you a lot of money Todd like you know we really and then he, the next second he's gone and bought Mudrick for a hundred million <laughs> And he like the interview with Potter gets asked, "How did that happen?" And he's like, "I don't know." <laughs> it reminded me of the rat and um, oh, what's his Shved. Do you remember when Shved yeah. got signed and and, and he was just he was. like, oh, "Who's who's that?" <laughs> like, I mean, what what so, what? Uh, 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 sorry, so I think that's that's essentially my fear. Ian just yeah, replaced Todd Bowley with Dermot Desmond, <laughs> and lost a lot less money. And a smaller checkbook. <laughs> yeah. um, the, the thing I think is interesting is Christian's done a great wee table, and on the notes section of it, it just kind of you know players are from the J League, or you know just kind of highlighting different aspects of them. We've got lots of different categories: agent recommendations, uh, Hammond, Dudu Dahan. You know, like I don't think. Firstly, my thoughts on it are: we'll know how good the approach. Recruitment pro- process is when Ange Postecoglou leaves. It's almost like you know the turkey's in the oven. How good is it? Let's take it out and see. And the fact of the matter is, I don't think we we're going to find out how it works. We we won't know if this is you know Ange or Lowell, as in uh, Mark Lowell, or a connection of both, or are there structures in place? Uh, you know, if like Liam Scales, for example, when Liam Scales was bought. That seems like a two for you, one for me. How about that? Like, you know, have you seen the in Seinfeld when he's got the pen? He's like, do me a personal favor. Take the pen. It's like, you know, <laughs> Liam Scales. Go and sign Liam Scales. Do me a personal favor. Like, because Liam Scales, God love him. I think he's a, I think he's a good player. I think he's, he's, he's playing well at Aberdeen. Aberdeen's probably his level, but... I think that is his level. Yeah. Uh, for, for him to be brought in was just kind of out of nowhere. It was a bit bizarre. Is that the Desmond influence? There are other players, James McCarthy. It's Bowd, what's your kind of thoughts on it? What's your thoughts on the, the Schrodinger's recruitment process? Yeah, we're not, we're not going to know. Um, but yeah, I think there's, there's definitely, I mean, scales was about as legitimate as say Nadim Zawawi's taxes, but um, it's, yeah. By Sunday, he might have lost his job, so that's going to be that's going to be a very very good reference. He's doing well, Aberdeen. Nadine's army. But Uh, Bowdy, 
<laughs> no, on you go. I, 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 it's nah. It'll, it'll be shite. It'll fall apart, and I mean, you'll go, and it'll be a fucking mess. That's what, that's what <laughs> happened. There's no mystery. I mean, There's no mystery box. It's a shambles. The, the thing that worries genuinely worries me though is like if we did, for example, go for a Kevin Nisbet, that would be a red flag for me. Where it would be like. Uh, well, you know, you spend four four and a half million quid on an an, an SPFL striker who's just back from injury. I mean, how much did Dyson Maeda cost? One point four million quid. How much did Rio Hatati cost? One point four million quid. You know, like, yeah. So money I think can be used wiser. I, yeah, money can be used wiser. I, that's not happened yet. And again, at this point, let's celebrate the good stuff because you know. Bad stuff can happen at any time in all walks of life. <laughs> so we should be positive when things are positive. But long term, it will be interesting to see um, where we are. But Schrodinger's recruitment process, what do you think? Uh, let us know. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> Okay, so we're at what we like to do the transfer committee, the, the transfer game, you know, a little bit of cosplay here. Uh, but there's a serious point as well. I wanted to kind of draw up this game because we talk a lot about what we want to do in this window you know, and, and how to achieve the next thing. But I think there's a lot about you need to be able to plan ahead. And there is a difficulty in planning ahead, you know, in terms of play evaluations and forms and what offers will be in and so on. So essentially, Peter Lowe, Peter Lowe is back unofficially. Him and this one, they don't trust their sons anymore. Well, not yet anyway. They're afraid Ange might leave them just as quickly as, as, as Brendan left them. During his time off, Peter's been listening to some Celtic podcasts. He's getting into, into all this new lingo, and he loves, loves the concept of a trans, transfer committee. So surprisingly, and in secret, he's put Ian Dugan <laughs> and Christopher Belt in charge of Celtic's recruitment until after the summer of 2024. But he's given them three objectives because he's, 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 he's the chairman, of course. So in this game, you have three main transfer Objectives, uh, Mr. Bouts, Mr. Bout, Mr. Bout, Mr. Dugan. First objective is you have to have a first team and a squad that's strong enough to win the title this year. So obviously you're talking about this window. Then your second objective is to have a first team slash squad that is better prepared for the Champions League group stage next season, because we're going to get there than they were last season. So obviously then you talk about this window and the next one. And then the third one is Essentially, in summer of 2024, you might be looking at that kind of large turnover and you'll have some big contract decisions. But you have to manage all that while still improving the first team squad, kind of have that age balance. If you look at the contracts, you know, Greg Taylor, James Forrest, Kyogo's contracts goes out in 2025. Hatati, O'Reilly, CCV, Maeda, Abada, and Starfield goes out in 2026. So if you hit 2024, one or two years left on those contracts, you have to start making some decisions. So that I think you're talking about the next four windows essentially. So that that's the preamble. Here, here are the rules. Listen carefully. 
Oh, look at the notes I sent you. So currently, there's 44 players in the first team squad or out on loan. That, I've included. Oh, sorry, I'm just want to say that's mental. That is a lot. And that's a lot a, of players. That's a big part of this game because, <laughs> and we include some youth players there who have kind of had first team games to, to close to the first team. But by the end of the 2024 summer transfer window, you two have to whittle those 44 down to 28. And there's, there's absolutely no flexibility in that. And that includes new players you want to bring in. And even strangely, surprisingly strict, Loyal's also given you, this is how many players you can have in each position to make up those 28. You can have three goalkeepers, five centre-backs, five full-backs, seven central midfielders, five wingers and three strikers. That makes 28. So you've got two for each position and then essentially six extra. You get an extra goalkeeper, centre-back, full-back, midfielder, winger, striker. So that 28... You know, you have this free reign almost, but you need to get it back to 28. You will have a budget, right? You will have a budget that is 20 million over those four windows. You'll get 100% back of any player you sell. Now, the sales fees, I've predetermined a fee you can get for each one of these players in each window, but I'm not telling you that fee until you commit to sell them. So you have to think about, I've added in a couple of scenarios, you know, some players might hit the format the big time and they'll be worth a lot of money. But if you don't sell them, then they might get angry. You might, you know, it's transfer request. You might lose some money. If you want to move a player on, there might not be an offer for him on the table, but you have to get rid of them. So that'll cost you money to get rid of them. If you want to move them on before 2024. So if, if you have a player that's not on, Con- it, you know, so if they're on contract beyond 2024 and you want to get rid of them, which you have to because you have to get to eight, it'll cost you some money. It'll cost you a little bit of money. And con- players that are not on contract beyond 2024, if you want to keep them, it'll cost you some money as well. So that's essentially it. Um, so what we're going to do, we're going to go through each position in the squad. You need to cut it down to the number of players you can have in that position. So I think we'll do that for each single position. You decide essentially who do you want to keep, who do you want to sell and when. And then if you want to bring in any more players, we'll do that for all positions. At the end of it, we'll have your transfer budget. And then you can go through each position and say, okay, I want to add 3 million to that position, so on and so forth. Probably a lot of questions, but I think we just we just start. Let's, let's just let's just see, let, let's let it ride. So, but I'm... I'm and, but I'm going to do something. Weird. I'm, I'm, going to, you got them. I'm going to let you guys decide in which order you want to do this. So you have Ooh. goalkeeper, centre backs, full backs, <coughs> midfielders, wingers, strikers. Go I'm going to go, 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 go. to bottom. Top to bottom. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So you want to do strikers first? Nah, goalkeepers first. Okay. Let's top to bottom. Okay. Okay. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. <laughs> top to top. From the, the Excel spreadsheet you've sent us. <laughs> top, top, top left, top right, middle. Okay. We're going like yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. If, we, yeah. if we go to goalkeepers, here's, here's the story. We essentially have six goalkeepers at the moment. Joe Hart, who will be at the start of 2024. He'll be 37 years old. He's got a contract out to 2024. You got Segrist, a contract out to 26. You got Scott Bain. Contract to 24. Oviami, contract to 24. Barkas, contract to 24. Eden Hazard, 
Um, Eden Hazard, Connor Hazard. Imagine if you had Eden Hazard in goals. That would be quite good. <laughs> uh, you have in 2023. 20, you need to wait all down to three. On you go, guys. Um, and is it three? Does that include if we wanted to buy somebody? Yeah, so if you want to buy yeah. somebody, you need yeah. to get rid of four of these guys. I yeah. think... Goalkeepers okay. probably amongst the easiest of them. I, so, I think so too. So okay. I think so. You've got three minutes, and I'm going to start the clock now. No. That's fine. Let's bank some time, bud. Let's do it. Let's just yeah. sell them all. <laughs> bar Seagrist and no, all the way, and all, all the way, mate. Yep, and then buy buy a goalkeeper. Boom. That's done. It. Done. Oh, okay. Thank you. So you're keeping Oliveyemi and Seagrist. Yep. Yep. You're selling the rest of them, but when? But the rest of them expire by 24, so see if we can sell them. Too bad, suckers! <laughs> so but, so this is, I guess this is the case here, because my question would be, when do you then replace Joe Hart? Because he's got a contract in 2024, so if you want to get rid of him, it'll cost you a bit of money. But you might, do you say, look, we need to get a new goalkeeper in the summer. So when so do I, you get I, yeah. So I think it's new goalkeeper in the summer. I mean, do you try and sell Hart in the summer as well, Bout? Let him let him go off to, to a, a, a sort of field or something, a retirement field. Just get his couple of jumpers there. Aye. Plays little Hart out. I mean, yeah. you, you, don't, you, can keep, you only have to have 28 players at the Aye. end of summer 24. Yeah. So you could keep them all and buy another goalkeeper. But what would be the point in that? Right, so Hazard's definitely gone. Barkas is definitely gone. Bain is definitely gone. And we'd like, I would do it tomorrow if we could. Is well, that the, allowed? The, the thing, well, the thing with Barkas, then you can... The, 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 in the, the summer, you, like the first time that we can deal with them, we deal with them. So if you want to say, so Barkas, you have to twenty twenty four. If you want to sell Barkas, you then have to say, I want to sell him and I'll tell him if you get a fee or not, or if you have to, have to pay him money. Yeah, sell Barkas, sell Hazard. Agreed, Boud? Yeah. Yep. Well, Hazard want- will go on a free. So Hazard by will just go on a free 2023. Is that right? So you're selling Barkas in 2023. Yep. Selling Hazard in 23, but I think it's just the end of his contract. That's right. Selling Bain in 2023. Do you want to sell um, him? Or do you think you have to pay money to get rid of him? Yeah, Bain might as well just run down his contract, assuming we're not getting money. So we can't find out if we'll get. I know we can't find out the amount we'll get, but we can't find out if we'll get money or have to pay the contract. I'm not going to tell you anything because that bluntly that's that's the unknown in the transfer. Well, I don't know about Ian, but I'm happy to offer to sell Bain, have no one buy him, and then have him upset sitting on the bench, never playing. I'm no, never but, sitting yeah. on the bench because I, I know you didn't listen to the rules, but if you want to sell Bain, you are locked in. I will tell you if you then have to pay money to get rid of him or if you're going to get some money for him. But how much, how much are you going to have to pay Scott Bain? Come on, you fuck. I But the way the, the way this game pl- works, we're not paying wages. So Bain's off in 2024. So if we genuinely don't think we're, if we think we're going to have to pay money for him, why not just leave him to expire? Yep, leave okay. him to expire. So you're selling Barkas? Selling Bain. Keeping Bain. Okay. Uh, if Not keeping ha- Bain, letting his contract run down. Okay. If you're happy with that, I'll lock that in. Gentlemen, you have earned yourself half a million pounds Oof. on Vasilius Barkas. 
Bloody robbed. Somebody's got a, del- a great a great deal <laughs> on a, on a, a fantastic keeper. I wish him all the best. He's only got a year left, and he's not wanted. So, so you did well getting some money on him. So, I, I can't say Scott Bain would have cost you half a million to get rid of early. So, oh, Jesus, sorry. <laughs> this is a good start. This is a good. Let's move on to centre backs then. And, and did Connor Hazard? He's just he yeah he was taken out and shot essentially or something. Like his his contract is up in the summer, so he's. But he's like, away. He's so we're away. down to four keep. Oh, did did we want to sell Joe Hart about or would we just let him run down as well? Fuck it. 2024. So, I, that, I mean, that's costing us money. Aye, it's going to cost us money. He's not going to get any. That's fine. That's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll summarise the squads at the end how it is when you go in new positions. But you've kept two goalkeepers after 24, Seacrest and Neil Miami. Let's go on to centre backs then, because okay. always this. Okay, Christopher. I just said, remember you you knew the goalkeeping thing very very quickly, so that was fine. So the timer didn't come into it as much. But with centre back, with all the other positions, what I'm saying is try and maximise your time, gents. Okay, that was a, that was a little that got us into the the, okay. the spirit okay. things. The spirit of us. Yes. Yeah, so, so let me uh, before Christopher starts the the clock to let me run down what you have now. We got CCV. He's got contracted 26. Starfield, contracted 26. Kobayashi, contracted 2028. 20, if the planet is still there. Uh, obviously, you've got Stephen Welsh, who's got contracted 25. Um, Moritz Jens, who's on a long contract. And then also two youth players you have to make decision on. Boston Moyle and Dane Murray, contract out to 2024. 20, um, gentlemen, you, I could, the floor is yours, but maybe I suggest you start with Moritz uh, Jens. Three, yeah, two, think one, start. Moritz Jens, we hardly knew you. Um, well, yeah. Now, you can offer him a contract if you want to, nah. but it'll cost you money. Uh, Mercedes no. Jens can get to. Off you go. Um, I think for the, for, for the sake of his development, I think Stephen Welsh should go, and we should sell him right now. Let's let's sell him to Italy, uh, yeah. Scottish folk are in fashion over That's there. That's it, and for the sake of a few million quid, yeah, I'm I'm all for that. Christian, you hit out with any of this, we have to pay money to get rid of Welsh. I will come there. Batter you. So, um, are, top- are you okay? Do you want to hear the sums at the end of the centre back, or do you want to hear it now? I'll give you the choice. Yeah. Tell us. No, no, that was using our time. Why don't we wait to the end? Okay. Get to the end. Top three to stay yeah. as they are. Um, I, w- I would hope that I don't know what Dane Murray is going to be like when he's back from his injury, but I'd like to I'd, l- I'd like to think that he could be there as a sort of fifth yeah. choice. I think the the well, you young boys yeah. the young boys yeah. um, expire twenty four as well, so I'm happy to let give them the opportunity. I think you know both good young guys. Let's see where they end up with us. Create a pathway, and if it comes to it, we could buy a centre back and 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 do that. So yeah, I think I think, probably, I think I think you're right. I think probably want to buy one when it comes to assigning our money. Yeah, but, I yeah. suspect that's it. So, yeah. so, at, so at the moment you have CCV, Starfield, Kobayashi. You got them signed off to at twenty four. That's right. So you got those three, but remember, Loyal and Murray, the contract both ends in twenty twenty four. So if you want to. Keep one or both of them. You, you have to tell me, and they'll. Uh, I'll cost let's a bit extend. Of money. Let's extend Dane Murray. Okay, I liked him. I'm not yep. sure about Boston Lowell. 
Okay. Um, and then we would buy one centre back. Yeah. Then you buy one. Okay. Yeah. Good. If you're happy with that, so you're selling Stephen Welsh and you're letting Boston Lowell go at the end of his contract in 24, and you're letting Moritz Jens go at the end of this season. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can then tell you that by selling Stephen Welsh in this window, you bagged yourself three million pounds. So that's an add-on. It will cost you half a million to sign up to Dane uh, Murray, but yeah, not we're overall 20, bad. We're at twenty-three million pounds. That's that's decent. That's decent. That is what my spreadsheet Ian, actually is. Mm-hmm. No, no, yeah, you're you're completely right. Yes, I, I did. I didn't put a, a minus there. So yeah, twenty-three million pounds, and that is centre back sorted. We'll go back to how much money you want to allocate to buying your your fifth centre back uh, next time. Fantastic. Christopher Gallagher, if, if you're ready, I'll, I'll preamble what I put with the fullbacks. So I put fullbacks together. So you have, you can have five fullbacks, but obviously it's your choice how many left-backs, how many right-backs you want. You can maybe just say, I want to buy a, a utility fullback as well. But deeper, where we are at the moment, let's start uh, a right-back because you have Alistair Johnston to 2024. You got Anthony Ralston to 2025. Technically got Yosef Uranovich to 2026. And let's not forget, you had already to 2025. So if you want to get rid of him, you have to, you might have to pay some money. Let's see. Maybe, or maybe you get an offer for him. <laughs> On the left back, you obviously got Greg Taylor to 2025, Alexander Bernabe to 27, Scales to 25, and a bet for a wild card, maybe Adam Montgomery to 2025 as well. So three, is yours. two, one, go. And my so, biggest. Question you here, Ian, is Juranovic. Are we just going to pretend he wants to stay and we're going to keep him? I, I think we, I think we, we, I think within the confines of the game, <laughs> unless the dungeon master tells us otherwise, um, I think we try and sell him in the summer. Oh, ooh, how yeah, about that? Well, a bit of cash, bit of cash. Yeah, yep. So JJ in the summer. Um, Udukiti, Jesus Christ, He's yeah, not we're going to have to. Drop per half million or point seven five million yeah. on I'm afraid he has to go. Um, I think Johnston and Ralston is is okay. It takes us to the twenty four thing. Um, Montgomery would be te- like so if you if you're gonna if you're gonna end up with five Montgomery is a, a kind of a shout uh, for a fifth. Personally, I think if you're selling Juranovic, I would then want. Somebody stronger in there than Montgomery. Yeah. Because we'll get Johnston, who looks great, but we've had one game. Ralston is okay. Good backup. Good backup. And then we've got Taylor. Taylor. And Bernabai. I'm I'm like you. We can't do defense. Hopefully it'll be good. So for me, either your fifth Juranovic or you put a bit of cash in to get somebody decent. Yep. So so we're going to. Get rid of Urugidi, sell scales. We'll probably get some of that sweet Aberdeen money. Ah, we better get some Aberdeen money, Christian. See if you're happy with your money. paying money to get rid of scales. This is this is all up to you guys. So obviously, you, you, you're keeping Johnson and Ralston, you're keeping Taylor and Burnaby. So obviously, you're getting rid of Juranovic, Urugidi, scales and Montgomery. What you you have to tell me when you want to get rid of them before 2024, because that will determine how much you get so and G- maybe so how much G- it might cost you. JJ's the summer. Urugidi will be the summer as well because he's on, on loan. 
Scales will be the summer as well, by the day, because he's like he's on loan. Um, um, the only thing I am thinking with Uruguay and Montgomery, if we're going to play the game here. The closer to the end of their contract, I would assume the less money we'll pay them. Thirty and I seconds. Don't believe Thirty we'll, seconds, gents. I don't believe we'll get money for them. So yeah, always, so we'll play in the game. Just hold on to them till the last possible moment, and then shoot them, pay them off. Yeah. Yep. So, so you're keeping your Gidi and Montgomery to the 2024, essentially. Yeah. Okay. And then start getting pap- getting them pops. And then, then they get sold in 24. Okay. So, let, let that that's interesting. Then, okay. So, let me tell you what you've you've done. Then, so by Juranovic, I would have given you eight million if you sold them now, but apparently there's a release clause in his contract or the summer for six and a half million. So you only get a six and a half million in the summer. Like a million and a half of value for the exactly. rest of the season. Dude. We're winning the league here. That's one of our aims. But that is one of the big things. Absolutely. You're taking that hit on a bit less money. But if you put your image in the rest of the season, should get you helps get the league, helps you get Champions League. So a couple of decisions that you were giving, if you'd sold them this summer, you would have got half a million. You're not giving anything by selling him the last one. Selling scales in summer, yeah, you get half a million. But you your brilliant move here was to not sell Montgomery this summer. You could put it got one, but what's gonna happen? He's gonna go on an even better loan next season, and you're gonna get two point five million for him at the end of twenty twenty four. So from from Italy because he's Scottish. Exactly. Ian. So you you're now up to thirty two and a half million in your budget. But um, I'm I, going to say that for midfielders, I'm going to give you six minutes because there's oof, a lot yeah, of them. There's a, there's there's a, a lot. There's a lot of, a lot of draws to get through here. Dungeon Master, do you agree? I, I, I wholeheartedly agree because it's probably going to take me six minutes just to tell you all the players <laughs> in the squad at the moment. So what we essentially have, we have contracts that are up in 2023. Scott Robertson, Oliver Arbogord, technically Ivata um, as well. Ivata. Um, so, so we need to we need to buy Iwata essentially. He will cost you, but he will cost us some that has been agreed. So we will, then you in twenty twenty four contracts. Well, no, actually, Aaron Moy as well in twenty twenty three. That there is a, a year's option, obviously, but you would have to do that. David Turnbull, certainly twenty twenty four. It's my sorrow. Also in twenty twenty four, Liam Shaw in twenty five, James McCarthy in twenty five. And then you have, I think, the three big ones: O'Reilly, Hatati, Emma Gregor, all in twenty twenty six. What I would say is that you know Hatati and O'Reilly contract to twenty twenty six is two year less than twenty twenty four. Think about if you're going to sell them, is there a really good time to sell them? And that's that's all I'm going to say. But I'm going to leave it to you. You got six minutes to to, to walk through the. So you need seven. You're gonna need seven midfielders. You got twelve now. So, about see if you take see if you draw a line under Turnbull, and then just get rid of Abelgard, Idiguchi, McCarthy, Robertson, Shaw, and Sorrow, and just do that all in the summer. My, I mean, yep, that's I'm happy with that. Um, above that, though, I know Moy. Is going to be 34 
come 2024, although it is 2024, so it just expires anyway, so it might be as well doing that, because are we going to get money? Maybe. I, I would be tempted to take the year option on Moy and obviously the, the million, the 800k, whatever it is for Iwata. I think Moy's been, been a sensation, a revelation. He's been great. Um, he's, and he's a sexy, bald, antipodean man. And I don't know why, but I feel, I feel, I feel something for him. Yeah. Um, Iwata, definitely, I'm up for signing him. We've no idea who he is, but. Let's or how good he is, but let's let's go with that. Um, Turnbull's the only one I would be tempted to. Well, get a couple do, extra. So I wonder whether um, the dungeon master is is trying to tempt us into do we do we is is there is there going to be a big bid for Matt O'Reilly in the summer? I, I can't tell you. I mean. I, I think he's, what, he's what, 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 I would, what I would say is, is think about what's going to happen now until next season, uh, summer, and then think about what's going to happen this summer through January. Uh, that's, I think that's all I'm going to say here. And that goes for the whole game. And please fill some of the dead air. And I'm looking at ages. So Hatati, I think, is only getting older, so his value so, Hatati is going to be almost 27 in the yeah. summer of 2024. 20, Same yeah. age. And right. O'Reilly is going to be all, all well, no, it's, it's 26 and a half. Uh, O'Reilly will be 23 and a half at that point. Also, yeah. Moy, get, Moy will be 34. Um, so. Mc, I mean, McGregor will be coming up for 32. He'll be, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. We're keeping McGregor. Don't fucking worry about that. <laughs> yeah. Don't concern yourself with that matter, sir. <laughs> so, Maybe you will, let me then kind of, so, so what you have now, you're getting, what do you think about that? And then you can make some decisions here in terms of, because you said you wanted to get rid of everybody below Turnbull. Below Turnbull this, for, for in the, the, minute, in the in, in the summer. And you want well, to do it in the summer because. Yeah. Well, Edoguchi, are we going to get money for him in the summer? Do you have to pay out some contracts and stuff? But you, I mean, most of these players are beyond like Shaw. Makachi, Idaguchi, they have a contract beyond 2024, so you need to get rid of them if you don't want them, I'm just saying. Yeah, McCarthy, we might want to hold off to the last possible minute, because that's just money we're throwing at them. Yeah. Yeah, so keep McCarthy and bend the rest. Right. Roll the dice on Idaguchi. Okay, Yeah, that's fine. I'll, I'll let you get back to thinking about do you, essentially what we're saying, do you sell Rio Hatate? And Matt O'Reilly before 2024 or in the summer of 2024? Or do you or back yourself? Or, well, you have to sell them by 2026 if they don't want to have a contract. Three minutes, three minutes, three and a half minutes are up. So you've, you've got till six. I mean, if we could hold on to Hitati and O'Reilly for another 18 months, that would be brilliant. I, I, kind mean, of wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. want to sell them before yeah. then. Like, and maybe sure, they'll like, want to go. Maybe they'll want to go. That might and be you know what? See if you want to go. It's going to cost you some of that. It's going to cost everybody's you a little got their price. some of that. Everybody's got their price. How, how, how much do you think you go for it? Double it. That's what this transfer committee says. That's that's the answer, Christian. Oh, the club's only offering four million for Hattati now. Puff, double it. For your cheek, eight million. I think you're playing for time here, Bald. You need to give me some... Okay, David Turnbull, then. 
his contract goes out in 2024. What do you do with him? I think you sell him in the summer. This summer now? Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know. Do you think no? Do you think more money in the summer? Do we want him? I, I think we'd get more money in the summer. Maybe. Yeah. 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 And then, and then, like, if we can, if you're talking about that being like a core five and like McCarthy and then buying as well. You yeah. need to, can I just jump in again just for a little bit of help? Like, you remember how much money you're going to have? Like, we're going to be, wait, wait till you see me as buying all these players. But why don't you, I mean, like, you've got Hattati and O'Reilly, you could upgrade on them just because you might have a lot more money. I'm just saying. They didn't cost us a lot of money though, and then they've been really good. Like I think we could. You, you guys are just going to spend in. You guys are just going to have four million pounds. You guys on, are just going to have the next You guys are just going to have forty million pound in the bank with a really small yep. squad. You're going. You're low yeah. it up. Fair play. Yeah, um, but, but mission. Well, do, and remember, yeah. Hatati and O'Reilly are going to destroy the Champions League next season. So that's maybe thirty seconds left. What are you saying more value next year? So, yep. but are, are you keeping them beyond 2024, 25? Because they might not sign a contract after that, but you, you could. Keep no, we're going to. We're going to. We're, we're like. About, I think we would sell them in the summer of twenty twenty four. Sell them. That's both our them? plan. In summer twenty four. Okay. Like five. What four, during this game, or do you three, mean at the end of the game when two, you have to think about uh, it? One. <laughs> during the game, I don't know. Okay, so you're selling Hatate and O'Reilly in the summer of twenty twenty four. Yeah. No. No, Ian, I'll give I'll give you one. You can sell one of them. <laughs> uh, O'Reilly. Oh, okay, okay. That's that's, that's fine. Okay, money, 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 money. that's fine. So so okay. So so let's see here. Um, if you start at the top, if you'd sold O'Reilly this summer, you would have got nine million. If you'd sold him in the January transfer window after the back of a great Champions League campaign, you would have gone. 15 million. He wasn't happy that the offer was turned down in January 24. So you're getting 12 million for him in the summer of 2024. It's a good, uh, good, good. Like, we've yeah. got to win the league. Are, yeah. Yep. yep um, 12 million. And then for the rest, um, keeping Moy will cost you a million. Buying Ivata will cost you 0.9 because that's the actual fee. Selling Turnbull in the summer, you're getting 2 million. Uh, Idiguchi. There's no offers for him, lads. So you're going to have to buy his contract. At, it's going to cost you half a million. You're leaving James McCarthy to the end, but he's still got a year left on his contract at that point, and he was on a lot of money, I'm not going to lie. He's costing you 1.5 million to get rid of James McCarthy. But um, also, oh, slightly bad news as well. You, Since you're getting rid of Liam Shaw a year early, he's going to cost you half a million as well. But overall, you're sitting at 42.1 million in your transfer budget uh, so far. And you actually just need to buy, well, you need to actually buy three midfielders at this yes. point. But we'll, we'll get back to that. Let's move on to the wingers. So I think we can give them three minutes here. Timekeeper. Yes, sir. Yes, yes, it's, sir. It's, 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 it's an interesting one because the only player whose contract goes out before. 2024, or actually goes out in 2024, is Rocco Vata. Otherwise, you have James Forrest in 2025. You have Mike Johnson 
of course, the Alabada and Dice Maya in 2026, and you got Yoa and Haxibanerish in 2027. You keeping five, remember, beyond 2024. So right now, you have six of them. So I'll let it up to you to see if... But again, guys like Jota, Haxibanerish, Abada, will they maybe want to move at some point? Do they want their fucking bro- jaws broke, pal? <laughs> My question. Three, two, one, three minutes, go. Right. Sell Mickey Johnson in the summer. Yes. Bye. Extend Rockovata's contract. Has to be done. It's probably. Has did. to be done. We, do, we need to bring through uh, a young player. And, I mean, it's Forrest. And I would, I would sell Forrest in the summer. Okay. Do you think he'll get enough reform in the summer? I think Aberdeen will take him. I think he'll go to that's Aberdeen. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. That's, that's one point two five million in the bag, guaranteed. <laughs> what, pla- what planet do you live on, Christopher Bride? I just have to ask. <laughs> the planet where I want lots of money to buy players. Yep. Um... Okay, so you're and selling then, you're selling James Forrest. Selling James Forrest. Yeah. So you want to give what I'm gonna say, you want to get rid of James Forrest this summer. Come up. Want to get rid of him this summer, okay. yep. Okay. So do we so do we play uh, no. No, it's just, it's do we okay. play the game and get rid of him in twenty in realistically ah, we're getting him popped in the summer. That's what we're getting popped. So it seems to me then that you got Rokovata as your kind of your fifth choice. You're getting rid of James yeah. Forrest and Mikey Johnson. You're, so you're, you're you have space. four. You have yeah. four then. Yotameda, Hexperance, Nevada. So you don't have any space if you want to keep all of them. So my question to you, do you move one or two of them on by summer 2024? And and when? I I wonder if you sell a Bada boat in the January 24. The January 23, 24. Yeah, why not? Why not? That's where the money is. That's okay. It. So are you saying you think you will get more for him in January 23, 24 than you might do now or in the summer? Yes, that's what we're saying. And we're also, we're very rich in this game as well. Okay, Christian's so. decided he's a bit pants and he's going to have a bad I, Champions League campaign. I've already decided the, the, the sums, so I, yeah. I can't change them. I technically could buy a one because I'm a man of my, my word, but it, it's uh, looking at the sums, it's up to you. It's, it's just, but that's the kind of thing I guess you would consider with someone like about it. Yeah. Right. Okay, what's, yeah, his, but, what's his peak here? Yeah, and I think I think with Jota, Maeda and Haksavanovic, I mean, Jota's still got three years in his contract by the time you get to 24. Maeda's maybe the only other one. Thirty seconds. Like, Thirty seconds. Maeda's last. staying unless I stays. But yeah. Okay, we keep him right. Done, Christian. Done. And you, you don't done. want to listen to offers for Jota Hexbanners at any point. You know, you're nah. keeping okay. Un- yeah. Untouchables. That's what we're called. Okay. Them. Okay. So see what we got here. So let's start with a bad of them. Um, I had put in that he was worth eight million this window. He was worth eight million this summer. But see. Ah, He's just not going to play much in the Champions League. He's, full. He's, he's not getting much. So selling me in January, you know, it's January 2024, four million. Sorry, guys. You're at it. That's, 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 that's absolute madness. Well, he hasn't, he hasn't played right. in a year almost. That's, that's what it says. Who's not played him? Bowden and I would go downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> you need to play a batter. Paul, so, Paul, Lambert, anyway. Paul Lambert hasn't played him, unfortunately. 
<laughs> and also, uh, Mike Johnston, obviously, if you you get one and a half million from this summer, but again, he was going to go out on loan like Adam Montgomery. He's got to have a smashing year alone, and you only got five million for him if you waited another year. So well, again, he'd probably so, probably trip over and then break his hip, <laughs> and then that would be that. Yeah, get it. You you were expecting offers for James Forrest in the summer? Oh, there weren't any, and no, nobody were willing to take on his contract. So to get rid of him cost you two million pounds to get rid of him. And Rocavato, you're signing up for a million. So again, but you're increasing your budgets to forty four million point six now. Before yeah. we get on to to the strikers, we're um, cutting out the deadwood to let a small sapling grow. <laughs> That's what Spe- we're speaking of that, you have at the moment Kyogo. Who's contract out 2025? Jacob is contract out 2026. Albion Aeti, of course, contract out 2024. So, floor is yours. Um, do we think we'll get a little, little mile or two for a Yeti, or do you think we, um, we just I let his contract that, expire? Uh, hey, I mean, there's, we, there's a mysterious championship side that will pay one to two million for any shite players that we have. <laughs> No, I would say as well. Certain of that. Obviously, you can keep Gigi if you want, but if you let him go, Ayeti is taking one of your spots, right, until twenty twenty four. Aye, so we need to buy a striker. So I, th- I think, sell Jackamacus just now, extend Kyogo's contract. Is that a thing we can do? I think well, you, I th- you, you do have him in purpose of this game. You have him to twenty twenty. Right, okay. so you, you right. don't want to. We yeah, don't want to. You get, don't and, have and, to. But I mean, yeah. what I would say if if you want to get any money for him, you'd probably have to yeah, sell him by twenty twenty four. We get enough. Yeah. We get more out of t shirt sales, keeping them, um, an endorsement for mushrooms or something. I don't know. Whatever he wants to sell. Um, I think I think Ayeti goes in the summer. Jackamacus goes in January, and we and we buy two strikers. Happy. Sounds about right. Okay. Um, alternatively, just forcing Jackamacus to play his rest the rest of his career here. That's, I'm also happy with that. I mean, okay, no, it's up to you. Do you want to sell him in the summer? Ah, or do pop, you want to hold them hostage? Pop okay. them both. So what I what, what I can then uh, actually tell you then is that by selling Jackamacus now, as you said, you're getting the three point six million that's been quoted. Had you waited until the summer, he would have kicked up something rotten. You would have got a social disruptive influence. You're selling for a million in the summer. So it's a good move selling him now. Albin Eti, eh, getting 1.5 million for him in the summer. So that's okay. That's, that's all right, isn't it? That brings us up to your transfer budget after you've sold all these players and kept someone. 49.7 million. I'm, I mean, Peter was such a good mood. I'm going to give you 50. 50 million. <laughs> we'll but, but I will say, in terms of what you then have to do with that. Let me go through it quickly. So, because now you then have to spend that 50 million on new players. So, you need cool. one new goalkeeper. You're going to need one new center back. You're going to need one new fullback. That is three. You're going to need three central midfielders. So, that is six. You're going to need one more striker. That's seven. And you're going to need one, two more strikers. So, you're going to need nine players and you have to spend 50 million but also consider you know you need to win the league you need to improve the squad in the summer but you also have to have 
in terms of where when your players are going. For example, you're selling Matt O'Reilly in summer 2024. You're selling Abada in January 2024. So think about when you want to buy them as well. But you got 50 million. You need nine players and timekeeper. Uh, let's give them a bit more for this. You you have eight minutes. Eight minutes. Okay, and so, it's starting now. I think we just spend five billion pounds a player. Well, it's good. we've got about that. But what I would okay. say, what I would say, we've got. We're buying two strikers. We're happy with Kyogo. So we'll probably buy one very young up and coming guy. Yeah. So you want a two million. Yeah. And then you've got extra to go on a better striker. Um, And then the same probably goes with some of the other positions. So GK, GK guys, um, we definitely want to put some cash in that. Big Um, money. Centre back, CCV Starfelt Kobayashi. That's a backup you try to buy essentially. Yeah. Couple so, guy, uh, maybe a wee free just to be. Um, do you not okay, want so, people? Do you not want people who's going to challenge your current players? Potentially, but we'll get to that. But so, so, so okay. We're so trying to figure out where we can skip okay, to well, then spend more. So, so can, can I? So then, you're getting then keeping Joe Hart essentially onto 2024. When are you bringing in your new goalkeeper, and how much do you want to spend? Summer, and I think it's eight this million. Summer. Big money, big money. Yeah. Okay, so you you be allocating eight million to the yep. goalkeeper. Yep. Okay, and you bring him this summer. Yeah, lovely, lovely. Okay, um, centre backs. I'm sorry, I'm taking over, but I'm doing this more to keep my spreadsheet in order more than anything else. But um, so the centre back then is, is two two million. We want to we want an up and comer from Japan. Murray and Kobayashi are pretty much up and coming young guys, so maybe it's a more established centre back. Why don't we Four call million. that four, even the five? Let's go for the five. And we can okay. come back to that and change it if we. But, we and and when, when, when are you doing this? Because remember, you're selling Welsh now, and Jens is getting, getting rid of. Jens in the summer. So technically, unless you buy him this summer, you'll have Boston Lowell and Dane Murray as your fourth choice. Awata, we don't need Awata. the five Awata. each summer. You said it's by the end. Um, but, but you're selling Welsh now and you, you let Jens go. So in the Champions mm-hmm. League next season, are you having three centre-backs plus Lowell and Murray? No. Are this... you buying him in this summer? I would say so. Unless you... yeah. I think buying him in this summer. I sent okay. it back this I sent summer. It back this summer. That's cool. So, we're well, going for this January, but summer best. I mean, you have Jens to the summer. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. You're replacing Jens. Yeah. Makes sense. So then, fullback. So, you have Johnson and Ralston right back. You have Till and Burnaby on left back. So, I'm going to. How much do you want to spend on your fifth fullback? When do you want to buy him? How much? And would you have a preference on left or right back? Utility. I mean, I mean, for me, it's just my opinion. I think Alistair Johnston will be a downgrade on Yusuf Ranovich. Yeah, so definitely. So do you um, go in and buy somebody on a right back, for example? I'm just saying, just saying. Yeah. I mean, I think, again, 
this is maybe a player we want to spend the five maybe plus and try and get another another guy that can do a bit of both. Okay, sounds good. Five million. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be dexterous. And when do you want to bring this player in about? Summer. Summer. It's going to be a bumper summer. summer. Yes. Bloody hell. Okay. No, that's fine. It's a lot going on in summer. So you have now, you have... um, You're at four minutes. Okay, so you're 50, you spent 18, you've got 32 million left, and you need to buy six more players, three of them. A central midfielder. So remember, you, you're selling Matt O'Reilly in summer at 20, 24. At that point, you'll have Cal McGregor, who is 31, Aaron Moy, who's 34. You'll have Hatati, who's coming up to 27. And you have Ivata, who's coming up, is actually 27 uh, and a bit then. You need three more midfielders. How much do you spend and how and when do you, you buy them, essentially? So I, I think. I think you probably spend the fifteen million across the three, but you don't. You potentially one that's a bit more expensive and two that that kind of yeah. Maybe a wee. Even is it silly to say like nine million on one or eight million on one, and then if you do that as the replacement for when O'Reilly goes, do that, and then the other two are kind of more. Nine five one, nine five one. Yep. So you're doing a nine five. You can always pick up a Japanese midfielder for a million belt. You know exactly. that's just that's, that's, uh, and, yep. and do you want to? I presume your big one then is twenty twenty four. Yes. To replace O'Reilly. Okay, yep. you got a couple. Of, okay, good. And then got to keep the fans happy. Yep. And then <laughs> one out, one in, not a problem. <laughs> Blue chip. All the way. So, so what essentially, I, I'm just thinking the Champions League next season then, because at the moment you have McGregor, Hatati, O'Reilly, Moy, and Ivata in the Champions League next season. You're getting rid of everybody else. I think technically you got James McCarthy there as well. Yeah. But we do have McCarthy, yep. How much so money probably, do you want to spend in the summer to maybe have, you know, like, so, so, you're, you're, you're placing Turnbull, yeah. essentially. So that's, yeah, that's where we... One. Yeah, the five and even the one. Because he's young, he's coming in, he's getting used to the squad, he's building up, and he's improving him. Paul Lambert's then taking over. It's David Moyes. Bad news. Curveball. So, that's, that's fine. So then, essentially, you have a winger and two strikers left, and you've got 17 million left. So, so, so wingers. I- so I th- I think you want to go like seven seven three or something like that. Seventeen million, did you say, Christian? So like, you got seventeen million left. Yeah. Yeah. So seven million on a on a on a, a super flashy winger, seven million on a striker, and then three million on a backup striker. As if Celtic are ever going to spend seven million on a player ever again, even with inflation, it's never happened. And we spent six and a half million twice this summer. I know we did. So, so essentially, buy another Jota. So essentially, then you, for for the Champions League, you have Jota, Maeda, Haxibanovic, and Abada, and Vata, and Vata. And, and Vata. Thank you. Okay, and then when you sell Abada in January twenty twenty four, we replace. Okay, okay, twenty four, and then 
In terms of your strikers, Tim, because obviously you, you're letting Jack Marcus go. I yet to, I Thirty seconds, you gentlemen. You bring yeah, in so br- somebody this summer. So, yeah, oh, no, yeah, so, bring- sorry, this this window. Yeah, bring in like theoretically bring the expensive striker in this window, and then oh, you're going um, to okay. That's just it's all pretend, isn't it? The seven, yeah. the seven million. Why don't we one. make it eight and two? Because chose two, so we'll buy Cho for two and eight, eight million on someone else. There you go. Okay, so, so you're bringing in Cho this window, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then you're bringing a new big striker in the summer to challenge for the Champions League. That's it. Spot. Yeah. There you go. And I mean, we're done. That's all done. So. Let me give me a, a, a big recap if, if I can. So in terms of goalkeepers, you are letting Joe Hart stay, but you are buying an £8 million goalkeeper this summer. In terms of the centre-backs, you're getting rid of Welsh and Jens by the summer. You're giving a new contract to Dane Murray, so he's your fifth choice, and you're bringing in a £5 million centre-back this summer as well. In terms of fullbacks, you're keeping your right backs. You're also keeping your left backs. Uh, you're letting your animus go, but you are bringing in our fullback, maybe one who can do both for five million pounds. For five million pounds, you should get a really good fullback as well. Okay, midfield, a lot of things happen there. You're getting rid of a lot of players, um, but your main, even David Turnbull is going in the summer. Abelgore is going in the summer. Idiguchi's on his way out. McCarthy, you kept for another year because it's going to cost too much. But Robertson's out. Shaw's out. Sora's out. But you're keeping McGregor, Hatate, O'Reilly, Moy, Ivata. And this summer, you're buying a £5 million midfielder and a £1 million midfielder this summer. And then when Matt O'Reilly leaves in summer 2024, you're bringing in a £9 million one. So you're doing that switch. In terms of the wingers, He's keeping your Jota, Haxibanovich. You're not listening to any office for them. Screw them. Maeda is there. You're getting rid of James Forrest for a bit of money and Michael Johnson in the summer, but you're keeping Rocco Vata. So essentially, you're giving James Forrest and Michael Johnson's minutes, I guess, potentially to Rocco Vata. Keeping Abada until January, but then you're selling him and hopefully improving uh, on him then. You're selling Giacomakis. You're getting rid of a Yeti, but you're bringing in a striker this window and... I guess your big signings, it's interesting to look at this, are your two big signings in 2024, a striker to challenge Kyogo, a winger then maybe to challenge Jota or, or Haksibanovic, and also a, a midfielder to replace Matt O'Reilly. So again, it kind of, to me, it looks like 2023, you're trying to improve goalkeeping, another centre-back, another full-back, another midfielder, or maybe not a starting midfielder, a, a, you know, a backup striker, but then 2024, Bring out the big guns, new striker, new winger, new central midfielder, all top of the range. There we go. I How think we've that? got the job. How I think we've got gentle? the job. It's good. It's, it's always good fun doing this, isn't it? <laughs> no, I think that's what I want to do as well is that it is that case of you need to trim the squad down. Because even at 28 players, I think, you know, you need to have youth players in there to make it worth it. But I think if yeah. if you can get at a point where you have really much two players for each position competing, and then say five or six that as youth players just happen to take some minutes, I think that's where you, 
you want to be in. And to be honest, that didn't seem that difficult. So I don't know what Celtic's explaining. What, what are they moaning about? Is the point. Uh, that was outrageously good fun. Uh, Christian Wolf, thank you very much for thank putting you, it all together, Christian. sir. Very thank you, Fantastic. Uh, Christian, uh, fantastic. Bowd and Ian, great as ever. Um, 44 players. Outrageous. Uh, this has been the Transfer Committee. Uh, we will be back. Uh, we might do one maybe before the window ends. Maybe a review, looking back at what's happened. If not, we'll be back in the summer. So, Christian, Chrissy, Bowdy, Chrissy, Bowdy, Jesus. Christian, Bowd, Ian, been a pleasure. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you for Cheers. having us. Well. Lovely. Uh, from Christian, from Bowd, from Ian, from myself, Chris Gallagher, this has been the Transfer Committee, and we'll speak to you down the road.